this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the hindu's in focus podcast with me amit barua your host for this episode a list of words deemed to be unparliamentary has created a storm as the monsoon session of india's parliament commenced words like baloney betrayal bloody chamcha cheat chokra corruption and even sexual harassment have been included in a compilation of unparliamentary words by the lok sabha secretariat is this a routine exercise if that's the case why are opposition members of parliament up in arms who decides what words get to be used by mps and mlas in our democratic system should there be wider consultation before such a list is circulated to explain how this process works i have with me mr pdt achari former secretary general of the lok sabha welcome to the in focus podcast mr achari thank you mr achari can you tell us how this list is prepared and what is the meaning of this list see in uh, our parliament and like any other parliament in the world you know certain expressions or certain words which are used by the members are treated as unparliamentary because the dignity of parliament needs to be maintained and certain words and expressions do not square with the the concept of dignity of parliament therefore certain words sometimes you know maybe in, in an angry mood some members may say something uh, which may be abusive uh, which may not be very decent kind of language so those words would not be allowed to remain on record and the speaker has been given the power to expunge those words and expressions under the rules of the house now this is a practice which is prevalent in all parliaments in the world in fact it was there in the central legislative assembly during the british period and the same practice was followed by the constituent assembly legislative when it was functioning as a legislature and then uh, all the parliaments all the you know starting from the first lok sabha the speakers always exercised this power of course very sparingly it is not that any word and every word will be treated as unparliamentary and will be removed from the record that's not how it is and then the speaker would decide certainly it is a speaker who has the authority to decide whether a particular word is uh, unparliamentary or not so at some time at some point of time we decided to compile it for the sake of future reference and information and also it may help the researchers who will be doing research on parliament know that so would you say this was done several decades ago yes yes several decades ago and it has been continuing it's an ongoing process in fact when i was secretary general in in 2010 we had brought out a publication a compilation containing all the words which were treated as unparliamentary till then so now they have done it i think they told me that perhaps they are doing it every year now we were not doing it every year but they are doing it every year because i find uh, some expression of some words which are, most of the words in fact as you mentioned in the beginning were uh, treated as unparliamentary last year that is it and certainly the members are agitated but there is one thing i i want to tell you 
in this context these words were used by the members in their speeches and these words were removed by the speaker uh, or expunged by the speaker from their speeches so how is it that the members did not know about it because when uh, an unparliamentary word is used by a member the chair whoever is sitting in the chair will immediately then and there will say that this will not go on record and sometimes if the speaker is in doubt then this will be brought to his notice he will say i will look into it and he will this will be brought to his notice and then he will look at it and take a decision on that but otherwise mostly uh, this is done in the house itself while member speaks you know this is done mr atari would you say i mean uh, from the list that you see is there anything unusual or is it excessive because some of the words to a lay person even like ashamed or you know uh, even sexual harassment i mean is this in a particular context that it's used or would you say that uh, you know we have gone a little overboard in uh, you know compiling these uh, words no no i would say actually so far as the compilation is concerned compilation done by the secretariat is concerned um they have compiled the words which were treated by the chair as unparliamentary it is not their subjective decision or anything they have merely compiled it's only compiled it also includes decisions from other parliaments and state legislatures as well apart from the lok sabha and the rajya sabha is that correct yes sir. they have shown now instances of uh, words being expunged on some such words which are commonly used by people in australia in fact from this uh, compilation i find that many of these words and expressions which otherwise are commonly used by people have been uh, termed as unparliamentary by Af- the australian parliament and their legislative assemblies and all that but apart from that i would uh, say one thing and most of these words which have been expunged as unparliamentary are words which are commonly used by the members in the house because i have never come across an instance where the word corrupt has been uh, termed as unparliamentary or corruption for that matter or ashamed I mean, these are the words you know which are normally used by the members in a in a speech, and these were not treated as unparliamentary earlier, but these have been treated as unparliamentary in 2020 and 21. So, does this mean that the debates in our parliament could be affected by this kind of classification? Well, you know, this is creating a little problem because it has become a precedent. Now, if a particular word has been termed as unparliamentary, so it becomes as precedent, and the person who sits in the chair, he can go by this precedent, and he can say, "Then look here, this is unparliamentary, and I will not allow you to use it." So that way, the freedom of speech, which is conferred on the members by the Constitution, Article 105, that may get affected. Well, after all, members of Parliament have freedom of speech in the House, and their freedom of speech. is subject only to the some provisions in the constitution and also some house rules otherwise they are free to speak they can uphold a particular word or particular expression is very personal everybody has his own style and everybody has his own vocabulary so it is something very personal that is it but then if the member has to look over his shoulder or the member has to think twice before using a particular word which is commonly used that actually affects his freedom of speech in the house ultimately that should not be there because what i feel is that the speaker or the chair which uh, treats 
or declares that a particular word is unparliamentary, he should do it in such a way that the freedom of speech of the members is not affected. Mr. Achari, uh, of course, we have this list of words, uh, you know, some of which, as you point out, uh, is, uh, you know, common usage. So, but finally, uh, whatever is said in parliament, whether it is in the Lok Sabha or the Rajya Sabha, whether or not a word or an expression is unparliamentary, that is finally the decision of the speaker or the chairman of the Rajya Sabha or the deputy chairman. Would that be correct? Yes. Yes. So uh, the Congress MP Shashi Tharoor has said in an article on the Matrubhumi website that he would use this compilation as indicative rather than definitive. Would you, would you agree with his uh, comment in this article? Well, I agree with him uh, to the extent that these words have been treated as unparliamentary, maybe in a particular context. Now, I will just give you an example. Sometime back, many, many years ago, many decades ago, one member in the Lok Sabha called another member Chaparasi. The word Chaparasi is not an unparliamentary word otherwise. But in the house, a member uses it against another person, calling another person a Chaparasi. And he is not a Chaparasi, but he has been called a Chaparasi. So in a very uh, derogatory way. So the word Chaparasi has been removed from the record, saying that it is unparliamentary or undignified and so on. There are so many such instances which happened in, in, uh, in, the, in the parliament where, depending on the context, a particular word was uh, treated as unparliamentary. So would you say also that uh, some other members have written to the speaker saying that uh, this matter should have been discussed in the rules committee before the list was circulated? Would you agree with such a proposition? Well, uh, you know, under the rule, to be exact, rule uh, 380 gives the speaker the discretion. It's a discretionary power. So the speaker can use, considering the context in which it has been used, the tone with which it has been used, and other factors, for example, as I told you, the freedom that is enjoyed by the members under Article 105. All these factors should be considered by the speaker before he declares that a particular word is unparliamentary. That would be the best way. But rules, so far as Rules Committee is concerned, Rules Committee can go into this rule uh, rule because rules committee can examine any rule in the rule book. And since this power to expunge words is given to the speaker by the rule, this rule can also be examined by the rules committee and they can take a decision, final decision on this. Speaker is the chairman of the rules committee. Opposition members, uh, you know, have also complained in the past uh, that, you know, a lot of legislation has been rushed through. You know, uh, uh, key bills have not been referred to select committees or standing committees, as the case may be. Would you say this is another attempt to stifle debate uh, in, uh, in Parliament by perhaps scaring some of the MPs that they must stick to a certain tone and tenor and not be very critical of the government and its policies? See, rushing bills through the House without any uh, proper discussion is not something which uh, is advisable. Because that is not how the, the Parliament should function. In Parliament, there should be debate. Um, I will just mention what is, what is in the Constitution in this context. Constitution says that a bill is passed or a bill is deemed to be passed only when both the Houses agree to this proposal. The word used is agree. Now, agree means what? 
agree you can agree to something only when you understand what is there and you understand it only when there is a discussion of that so the word agree in my view has been used very deliberately by the constitution makers the constitution makers could have just used the word adopt instead of agree the bill is deemed to have been passed when both the houses adopt the bill but it is not so both the houses agree to the bill so that presupposes a discussion or a debate in the house only after that the house can agree the bill has to be discussed in the house only then the house can agree to that so from that we can deduce the proposition that every bill has to be discussed in the house and houses cannot agree to a bill unless there is a discussion so discussion discussion is a must is a constitutional requirement and would you say that uh, in the last several parliaments has the quality of discussion improved is it more extensive or has it gone uh, downwards and we don't have sufficient discussion uh, in parliament on very key important uh, pieces of legislation that impact the lives of people no i will say i will i will say yes to the second part of your uh, question that is there is not sufficient discussion taking place in the house on important bills which have a bearing on the life of the people that has been the case for some time we have seen clear examples of such a uh, such a state of affairs that is not very desirable parliament is meant for uh, after all parliament is the supreme legislative body and it legislates for the whole country every legislation has its own importance and in some way every legislation affects the life of the people so the law makers have a greater responsibility to discuss the legislative proposal threadbare so that no bad law is prepared and enforced that is why we the parliament has the committee system the committee will study the whole thing and they will collect opinion from different sections of the people and after that uh, they make suggestions recommendations for the government so that is the process so the whole scheme has been devised so that every legislative proposal is discussed thoroughly and its implications understood and the parliament makes certain suggestions for the improvement of the legislative original legislative proposal that's how that is how the whole scheme has been devised but in the absence of that if the bill is rushed through number one the bill that has come from the draftsman may be faulty in some vital aspects in that case you will end up with having a bad law because parliament didn't didn't have much of a time to go through everything in the bill so the final result is that there is a bad law which will very seriously affect the life of the people therefore it is very essential that parliament should examine every legislative proposal in detail and only after that a bill should be allowed to be passed uh, mr acharya you mentioned earlier that uh, you know uh, the way a member speaks uh, in a house uh, is very personal you know the, the kinds of language uh, the nuances uh, you know all that is uh, used would you say that uh, with this uh, you know with this new uh, words coming into play uh, the restrictions would it definitely affect uh, the style of individual members certainly the members will feel very constrained and very limited because 
as i said everybody has a every every person has a style of his own every person has a vocabulary so there you know you may not be able to immediately replace a particular word now for example word corrupt what will you substitute it with immediately it may not be possible you will have to do a lot of explaining to make others understand what you are saying and then it is not necessary to treat it as unparliamentary so this is a word which is normally used by everybody what is unparliamentary about this about this particular word and the same thing can be said about many words which have been categorized as unparliamentary mr acharya before i let you go you know we uh, i'd like to seek your views on whether this would be considered parliamentary or unparliamentary in india you know in, in recently in the british parliament uh, the labor leader keith starmer when talking about uh, boris johnson uh, in a, a, he he addressed the speaker and he said and i quote mr speaker isn't this the first recorded case of the sinking ship deserting the rat unquote do you think this would pass muster in the lok sabha or the rajya sabha today well <laughs> i what can i say because after all this is a power which is exercised by the speaker so i cannot comment on that the so far as the power of the speaker is concerned but as a as a citizen i can say that there is nothing uh, wrong about it because it is a kind of a rhetorical expression uh, which everybody is entitled to express rats in a sinking ship uh, is a commonly used english phrase so that should be allowed to be used Mr PDT Acharya former secretary general of the Lok Sabha thank you very much for talking to the Hindus in focus podcast thank you in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon